0: Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling maybe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back from uh, the summer to those of you who've who've been having that. Me at least I've just been off a, a few weeks, so if I'm a bit rusty today, that might be be some of the reason. Today we have uh, Mark joining because he uh, wrote a book that kind of stopped my thumb from uh, <laughs> from scrolling through LinkedIn, and it's uh, I think you saw in the event name that is called "Your Data Is." fucked <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for marketers which i think anybody in marketing can can relate to uh <laughs> i have made so many mistakes uh trusting data too much or too little in my career so i, I that 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 title really struck me but mark uh, maybe you can just like run the kind of the quick intro to to who you are and what you're like how do you get into this topic and um Maybe
1: explain why you needed to write a book called this thing. Okay. Well, I think, um, well, I'll, I'll kind of start a little bit about, yeah, where where I started with all this. So I worked in London when I started my career. Um, did that for just under a year. Um, I found that it was, I don't know, a struggle. And I'd already lived in Australia before. And... Um, we had some people or friends that had lived in New Zealand. So we moved to New Zealand kind of abruptly. And um, I started a job or an agency in New Zealand. And within that company, um, I was an account manager and I kind of felt firsthand what it what it was like to have the frustrations of the data just never being right. So I was trying to report to my clients and and I'd have a big presentation come up and I'd go and check it and, I, and it wouldn't be right. Or something would look weird. And it was just just so frustrating. So. I then tried to go down the route of getting that data tracked. So to yeah. getting those websites tracked, those campaigns tracked in the way I needed those to be tracked. And then then I, tend to, then I started to discover that, that this was a bit more of a problem. So either working with the client's developers or working with our own internal developers, um, I often found there was this kind of disconnect. And I kind of felt that developers get into, um, get into, web development and web design because they want to build cool apps and and websites. They they don't really want to do analytics. They don't want to put Google Tag Manager on a website. They, it's, not, it's not why they wake up in the morning. So, <laughs> so I would I would often go to the client's developer or our developer and say, look, I really want to do this. We need e-commerce tracking. We need we want micro event tracking. We want we want audiences. We want all these kind of cool things that that GA3 could do. Um, and then I'd always get resistance <laughs> and then I'd find and someone would say, No, we can't do that. It's too expensive. or take too long or, or there'd be some kind of problem. And then so I really felt that maybe I'm just asking the question the wrong way. So I started doing a bit of learning myself, skilling myself up yeah. um, and I got to the point where um, I could ask good questions and I could say, look, I want to do this. This is how I want to do it. Is that okay? And then they would say, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and I'd go, I'd like, no, you can do it. You can do it this way. And I'm sending them the blog. And then they yeah. go, oh, you then do it that way. Okay, yeah, we can do that. And then and I started to make a bit of progress. And then um, I started really enjoying it. I don't, I don't know why. There was something about it. I mean, some of the things I'd experienced previously would be, you know, the highest paid person's opinion in the room is is the way that you go. and yeah. and, and this just seemed like a bit of a, like a fresh breath of fresh air
0: yeah
1: so that's kind of how i got into it and then the agency i worked for i kind of built up a bit of a a mini department within that agency Ah, cool and then that agency um they were super cool i said like i really want to take this further um and that agency then became my first client and then i started opening up shop for other agencies and for other clients directly i built a bit of a team and then um um i built that team up we got some bigger clients we started looking at wider tools such as customer data platforms which i'm sure you're very familiar obviously um even started to go into the dark misty realms of adobe analytics as well which is a completely different beast um and then so i'm getting to the point eventually and then um we were approached by another agency that was just looking, this is kind of six years later, now agencies are starting to realize that this is a a big thing that we need to do. And they're all building their own departments. And so uh, I was approached by another agency, they're a really cool agency, really nice people, really good to their clients, and really good to their people, um, which is great. And they just said, hey, we'd like to acquire your company. So the company was acquired, I spent a year um, as their head of analytics kind of on with that transition um and then before i knew it um 10 years had passed yes. and um it was uh we kind of felt we had kids or we have kids sorry um we felt it was um, time to come home um and so um in that transition period i was like well a lot's happened <laughs> and so i just felt that um I felt that it was something I wanted to do. And, and I started off with the idea that people said, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, yeah. I don't really know. I've got this idea to write a textbook because I, want because I started with that route because I wanted something that I could use for myself that mm. would remind me of all the things that I've forgotten and I could pull out and I could use it and I could kind of reflect on, I could make a framework so, and all the cool things that I picked up and learned and, and, and really agreed with. And, 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 I immediately thought textbook was the way to go. I sat down and started trying to write a textbook and I thought, this is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna finish this. Yeah. Um, so um, I then just, just, just to, I just thought, you know, fuck it. I'll just write what I would like to pick up, what I find yeah. interesting and I'll have fun doing it. And, 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 cool. and, and I also hope that by presenting it in this way, more people might would actually read it. So, like you said, you know, I was scrolling down, and that's what we all do. There's so much information, yeah. so much, so much out there. I thought that, well, I had already seen titles with a similar kind of vibe. I think there's like a, a like a, a self-help kind of book out there, which is called Everything's Fucked or something. <laughs> so, I, so, I, and that that's a big book. So I thought, well, it's been done before. So, I mean, like, it can't be that big a deal. So I, I, I'll just I'll just do it. Why not? It'll be fun. I'll see what happens <laughs> um and um that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at really uh, at that point that was kind of the story of how it came together and, and yeah together
0: yeah super nice and what what would be kind of the uh, like tangible examples that would kind of uh, make it fair to say that the uh, marketers and the relationship to data is a bit fucked sometimes I'm sure you've seen it like during an agency for 10 years you've probably seen a lot of different situations with where where this
1: goes <laughs> Yeah because I mean like really we're only called often when it's a bit too late Yeah <laughs> so we're like you know the agency or the company they've probably tried to do this themselves first or they've forgotten to do it and then there's a there's a there's a phone call that says hey can can you help like and there's a bit that kind of firefighting mode um, and so Really every time, you know, a campaign goes live and there's no tracking or a new website goes live and there's no tracking and someone suddenly goes, um, look, we're about to, we're about to um, do a presentation to the board and we're going to, we're going to talk to them or we're going to talk to some of our investors or, or whoever, yeah. and, and we want to report back to them and say like how this went and then they go, oh, oh crap, <laughs> we don't have, well, we, well, either we don't have the data, or we're not really sure what data to use, or we don't have the yeah. right report. Or I think that's that's probably the most tragic thing when that happens, because at that point, if the tracking has been put in in the first place, then there's not really much you can do. You know, if you haven't collected the data, then you can't really you can't really magic it out of out of nowhere. But it's generally yeah, it's it's either campaigns, you know, channels going live, or it's all it's the website going live, and, and it and it's an afterthought.
0: Yeah. And like just to, to spell it out, what are kind of the, the consequences then when uh, stuff like tracking yeah, yeah. It doesn't leave a trace behind?
1: Oh, well, I guess like so you don't know, you can't really make improvements because if you don't, you know, if you don't set down that benchmark before you go to do something, set the tracking up then all agree how you're going to measure success. and then And then you go to do it and then you go back and say, hey, did we do something right? Yeah, there's no benchmark. There's nothing to compare that to. Like, how do you know? Like, and and the other thing is also, um, you know, even if even if it didn't work, that's okay too. You know, as long as you didn't spend too much of the budget on it, or everything wasn't, you know, land riding on it. But even if it didn't work, like, how are you going to get any of those learnings and say, mm. hey, it didn't quite work this time, but we've we've gone through the, the the reports and the data, and we've come up with these insights, and this is what we're going to do ne- next time. Like, there's no um, there's this, it's just this off, like, no, not all companies are the same, obviously, but there just seems to be this, this off, this, this, this circle, this repeating circle of, of not remembering and not learning from what's happened previously. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's making it even more difficult now is so many people are changing their jobs. And so like, you'll be like, you'll be working on an account and you you would have come in as a new person supporting someone who's left. And then you go to work with the client and then the, the person who previously worked on the analytics and the tracking that they've gone to. And then there's some new persons come in and but they're only gonna be here for six months. And then so it's just, this is one of the concepts in the book, one of the models is it's not my model. It's just, it, it's it's a version of, of one of these models that I like to use the analytics maturity curve. Mm. There's this constant. I feel like at the moment, more now than ever, with GA3 coming at with well, GA3 being replaced by GA4, there's this kind of constant slide back down the analytics maturity curve. <laughs> people are moving around. There's yeah. new tools. There's this ongoing relearning. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. That that probably might. That's probably a good uh, in uh, what's it called. Uh, a good plug over to uh kind of what what i what are then in the book <laughs> besides the the,
1: <laughs>
0: the the statement of uh, being fucked so i know yeah. it's very built it's built around frameworks of how to think about analytics yeah. how many did we write did you have here is it six you wrote
1: oh uh, yeah there's a bunch of there's a bunch of frameworks um some of them are mine some of them ones i've borrowed from other yeah. people more intelligent than me um, and there's a whole bunch of metaphors that I put in there as well, which I also love. Yeah. Um, anything that can help me like understand something more, explain yeah. something in a way that people will actually get and resonate to, um, and just makes it all sort of a bit in- more interesting. You yeah. Because it can easily turn into something dry, and if it becomes something dry, then it just there'll be no progress will be made. So yeah. Um, I, would you? Uh, there's a few of them. Um, yeah, I can. Uh, let me. I can put them in
0: the, uh, the chat section here. And uh, the first one you named was this kind of the analytics maturity curve. And maybe, maybe you can drill a little bit deeper into that one. as, a, as Yeah. A... So
1: that's, that's always my favorite thing to start with because it helps, um, it helps set the context. So there's this, so in terms of the actual analytics maturity curve, there's, there's, there's five key areas. I, I think that, that a client should, work through, mm-hmm. or, or, or at least know that are there, because it might be for that, say it's a small company and they don't really have the budget to invest into, say, personalization or, or, or CRMs, or or it's, or it's kind of online it isn't as important for them, then maybe they don't even need to go all the way to stage five. So the the yeah. whole point there is that there's five stages. There's one, effectively, starting with um, your basic web metrics. Do we even trust this data? And then it builds all the way up to, are we working with KPIs and targets? Do we have you know, reporting that, that we understand with, with clear insights? And then there's a bit of gap in the mo- in the middle between third and the fourth, which is the gap, which is, I think is where you have to move past um, siloed tools like Web Analytics, Analytics, and you have to start bringing in customer data platforms and other sources of data before you can kind of, kind of progress. And so it makes a bit of a, Big gap there in the middle because it can take more investment. It takes more different skills within your team, and then the final stage uh, would be kind of five, and then probably with all this AI stuff, I should add a six one on and call it the
0: <laughs> AI stage. That's the uh, the second edition of the book, then. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but the first four, so one to four, it's really it's all um, kind of looking back, like what happened, and then the fifth is a starting to make predictions and looking forward, Um so. And then the idea is you go okay so this is it this is roughly what happens on each if you can do these things on each level this is kind of roughly where you are and a really good question is to go like where do you think you currently are on that model um and where do you want to be in two years where do you want to be in six months um and then what does it take to get there and that's a really good way to kind of start the conversation
0: and I guess it's also to say that not all companies need to be a, a five on the maturity sure curve. If you've just no. a, a new consultant, no, of um,
1: but I, the important thing is to have that conversation and say, that we don't think we need to go all the way to level five. at the moment. We don't think we need predictive analytics at the moment. We no. just need to have data that we understand. But it's it's getting everybody in the same room and agreeing where you are at the moment and where you want to be, and then that can help you make some of those decisions around where you might invest your resources into what skills you might bring onto your team and what tools you might use yeah whether you know do we go out and buy an expensive tool or not it well if if we're not planning to progress that much further then maybe we don't need that tool you know
0: do you think uh are companies in general good at self-diagnosing uh or uh Condition. well well i guess
1: i guess i'm probably i've got a i've got a warp sample really I think i mean normally i i the companies that are good at self- diagnosing probably don't call me in because they're already you know they're sorted they have everything worked out and then the companies yeah. that aren't are the ones that call me in to help so um i think generally uh, I've seen lots of examples of um kind of expensive projects that haven't gone anywhere yeah, and that's really, that's kind of really disappointing. Um, yeah. And sometimes it was one, obviously, I won't say names or anything like that. But there was, there was one where they had effectively, they they spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into um, a DMP, like data management platform, yeah. when well, this was before the cookie issues. Um, um, and still, they, it wasn't really being used to anywhere near its capability. And so, yeah. and but, nobody really understood how they were then supposed to use it and just this big expensive cost sits there then you have a conversation and then the you know part of that conversation is i'm sorry but we don't have any budget to set up GA3 and it's just like okay
0: yeah <laughs> i think really- that's always the risk with a lot of these uh, technology purchases that yeah there's motivation and there's motivation for the vision but then when it comes yeah. to actually uh, doing stuff then sometimes it's not really followed through all always
1: yeah um so there is one so i know i'm going to wind you up a little bit here because i know you haven't read the book (laughs) Uh, but there's one in there that's the, the the pillars of personalization so yeah um that's one that i did come up with myself when i was trying to um so let's say a client comes on board and they're looking to kind of mature up the analytics maturity curve. Like they want to get from level three to level four, they want to cross the gap. A good part, a good way to do that would be to put together a project plan um, to say this is what we want to be able to achieve in 12 months. These are all the people that are going to kind of come on board. Um, another good way to do that would be to have a measurement plan to say this is exactly specifically what we're going to be tracking and what data points we need. What variables we might need, and then we have a solution design, and that's you know a nice visual for everybody to say this is the different things that come together. But um, whether or not that is all going to work, I, um, we kind of need to talk about some of the key pillars. So the first one is that concept of analytics maturity, where we are on on the on the scale. Yeah. The second one is um, the tools. What tools do we currently have, and what tools do we need? And then the third one would be data as a resource so what actual data do we have to work with yeah so i've got a silly silly um metaphor in there about it being like a ferrari you know there's no point having like an amazing ferrari which is might be like a really expensive Martech stack if you've got no analytics maturity uh, digital maturity because you know you're just going to turn the thing and crash into a wall that's it. that's that's (laughs) the driver and then if you don't have any of the um, the data to put into this thing uh, to make it work, then then you're not going anywhere, and that's the field. Yeah. Um, so those three things would be the three pillars, uh, then the- and you trad- just,
0: Yeah, just repeat the pillars.
1: Yep, so data maturity, Yeah. Uh, tools, and then, um, um, so digital maturity, tools, and then um, data resource. Yeah. Okay. And then the foundations—it's got to come from the foundations, which are your marketing, your business strategy, which leads you to your marketing strategy. Work your way up to the top, which is your data strategy, which then helps you decide what your personalization strategy would be. So, yep. which? So, we've got all this stuff together. What do we actually want to do with it? And let's only pick a few. Let's not just say that we want to do a whole bunch of different personalization yeah. strategies
0: could you yeah, give some examples of what a, a personalization uh, strategy is when you like do them
1: yeah so there's like so we've got that that wheel of growth Right, well, i don't know why i keep saying we because it's just me at the moment but i've got <laughs> that wheel of growth yeah. uh, and the whole idea was was to answer that question is okay well where do we want to go with this um what for this organization based on their business strategy their marketing strategy and those three pillars like what should we actually try to do and so this 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 wheel of growth the idea is that the, the overall the overall direction is growth but there's different ways to do that so yeah I think in that wheel there's there's something like 20 different personalized strategies the most common ones that you could invest in
0: yeah
1: and then um and then it's 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 about like you know which ones do we choose so the first one would be just syndication. So the first one would be like we've got all these different data, these d- different data sources. Yeah. Um, we want to be able to syndicate in a way that we have so a federated ID, which effectively means that we're able to tell, kind of draw these different user points together in like one user, which we can then say this is this is Jeff Blogs, yeah. um, and and the very first attribute that we know about Jeff Blogs is that he has given permission that we can use his data. Mm. And then you build attributes from there. Uh, but then the the really exciting stuff that everybody wants to hear about, which is you know which is what sells in a presentation would be you know uh, we want to be able to onboard onboard our our new users with perfect personalized messaging all the way through. Yeah. Or we want to have um, you know really clear personalized um, channels um, across. Uh, all of our different all of our different sources so mm. like we're, we're saying the right thing to to the right customer exactly the right time all the way through that purchase journey and, yeah. and things like that but it's it's generally starting off first with with um, that first bit like do we have can we can we bring this down to one user and can we trust um, that we've actually got permission to use that data
0: mm. yeah and then you use it when you send emails and when you yeah, onboard people to different things and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. So that's analytics maturity curve and the the pillars of personalization. The wheel of growth is that. That was kind of the.
1: That was the wheel. Yeah.
0: Um, things. Then the next one on the list is the risk and readiness review. Yeah, that's
1: another good one. Yeah. So that's more of a workshop. So yeah. the idea with that is, so I wanted to make this tangible for people, so give it and give them a way that they could tried to do some of this stuff themselves Um, and so I shared the risk and readiness review which is a workshop and that's where we bring as many people into the room that we can across the business like different silos and we try to work out what are the current opportunities and threats across those three pillars so we say um, we ask the developers you know um, questions around um, what data do we can we use as a resource we, we ask the marketers, you know, how, how, how confident do you currently uh, feel in our existing tool stack? And we get those conversations happening in one place because none of this is going to work if we all work in silos. Yeah. And so what comes out of that is we end up with a report card that says, this is how ready we think we are across those three pillars. And this is the level of risk that we think we might have. And risk can be, this is, the risk potentially going forward if we do this, but more often than not, it's like this is the risk that, that happens if we don't do this. And that can be uh, the opportunity cost of not doing it, the market, yeah. the, you know, not offering a more personalized service. And the second thing could be, say, the um, the oncoming, you know, the risk of having a strategy that's built on third-party cookies.
0: Yeah, You know,
1: we, we're heavily invested in DMPs, and the DMPs that we have, <laughs> they haven't made much room to prepare us for the fact that um, I think the new date for for for, for the, the death of chrome cookies, I think that's the second half of twenty twenty four. Which How it was twenty three. Uh, oh yeah, just keep uh, pushing it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, that's 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 uh that's the kind of the workshop which there should be enough information there that that Teams can kind of use that to get together and start the conversation.
0: Yeah, what would be the inflection point for calling to this kind of data risk and uh, readiness uh, review?
1: <sighs> I guess someone just saying, like, can we please just sort this out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess just having. I mean, it's got to come from the top, really. I mean, people within the organisation can send the messages through and say, "Hey, look, we need help. We really we want to start driving driving this forward and having a strategy." Yeah. um but it really has to come from the business strategy through to the marketing strategy and and then you know the will of 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 people within the company to to start taking it seriously and say okay well let's start with a workshop let's start with a com or or even that let's start with a conversation yeah you know, how we might do this so it's
0: like organization that feels kind of prohibited or yeah, and just doesn't just, do just knows
1: just knows that they're not quite getting there. They don't know why. Yeah, um, and it's it's really like a it can almost be seen as like an internal focus group of just. Mm. And I think that's a good way to see it too, because it means that people feel more comfortable about talking, sharing their opinions, and and as long as it's kind of in the way of we're just saying, "Hey, we're just trying to collect all this information together." Yeah. So everybody can be heard, and so we can get all these points together and, and kind of put together a mm-hmm. a, 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 a a summary or, or that can help kind can help decide what, what we should do.
0: Mm. Yeah, and then the last framework is the reporting and dashboarding strategy.
1: Yeah, so that was a, a big part of 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 the book as well because a lot of what I've done during my career has been creating reports for people and dashboards for people. Yeah. Or, or working with teams that are doing that. And like it off there's one of the things that just always is the most treacherous in terms of actually being able to create a report and a dashboard that that everybody's happy with. Yeah. And and I assumed it wasn't just me. <laughs> and so, everybody
0: has uh <laughs> Opinions about dashboards
1: and everybody everybody does and so I, I I kind of wanted to go back to Well, let's try and put all this. Let's see this more of a, as a formula and let's go yeah. Everybody's got opinions about dashboards and reporting. Let's break it down. Okay. What's the difference between a report? What's the difference between a dashboard yeah. do we even agree about that because often we don't often? Someone will say they want a report but they actually mean that they want a dashboard yeah. and someone will say have you done the reporting, but they don't want to report, they want a dashboard or, you know, vice versa, It can get it can get muddled. And then, so I wanted to do um, it as well, when I was kind of looking into this, and that's where I found a lot of Avinash's work really helpful and you'll see yeah. connections to his work in there for sure, and I've, I've quoted him. Um, I wanted to try and put together some of those variables and say, well, what reports and dashboards are most suited for what people within the organization? What levels of information should they have based on their ability to kind of uh, into their time and ability to interpret this? Mm. Um, and then what are the variables along that, that kind of helps put that together? So some of the key things are how accurate does the information have to be right now? So like mm-hmm. going into Google Analytics and just pulling up any report. Or going straight to the raw data, that's likely to be the least accurate of all your data. And on the other side of that is a is a edited, thought about, proofread report that's delivered to someone. Yeah. Um, so accuracy is really important, and and in the middle can be like a self service dashboard, but only people that are trained in how to use that dashboard and how and and, and are trained in how to kind of Um, interpret the findings should have access to that too, because (laughs) that can really cause problems. I know everybody's massive about self-service dashboards, and and I think they definitely do have a place, but only in the right place of the scale, because that can just cause huge problems. I've heard time and time again where someone goes, this often senior person has read a self-service dashboard, taken a number, and then run around the business telling everybody this number, which is not quite right. And then And that might be because the the self-service dashboard pulls into a data set that's only checked every three months. Mm. And so that's not very reliable, but it doesn't mean that there's a problem with self-service dashboards. It means that it is one of these different tools that we can use. And really, if you want to give something to someone senior who's going to make some proper decisions with it, um, you give them... um, a report that's written up with the insights ready for them to use um, hmm. and other things would be so flexibility i'm trying to think uh, accuracy um yeah the detail um there's a, there's a few other points in there i can't remember the top of my head but um yeah that's so there's there's a section there and then there's there's partly some information in there about comparing apples to apples yeah. rather than apples to pears which is driving everybody mad at the moment with You've got GA3 that says users, and then you've got GA4 that says users. Yeah. And they're not the same. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: not completely the same. And but GA4 says,
0: doesn't know the difference. That I actually don't know the difference either. So oh,
1: there's different. Oh, everybody will immediately turn off if I go into that. But <laughs> one of the key things that I've seen as well is there's a component of the GA4 where the data is modeled. So. Get, trying to get around the issue of the fact we're losing data, mm. there can be a setting in there that you've accidentally turned on that says, this is the data that we thought you, you were getting. Yeah. And so you're comparing GA3 to GA4, and sometimes, sometimes suddenly your users have gone up, but they're not really actually calculated the same way because one of them includes um, predictive data. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really like what you said about reports that that like data is you know when it's just sitting there and then all the a lot of different people have different opinions about it yeah whereas if somebody actually writes a report and then distributes it somebody has actually taken the time to properly interpret it and then it instead yeah. the the the, um, the organization in the right direction afterwards because it's been thought it through what it
1: indicates what have taken in all the different hopefully they have taken in all the different things like they know that there's an issue with users. They're not just suddenly gonna to jump to the fact that we've just increased users 20% because they know the detail of, you know, it's someone's role to know that. Yeah. And So it's, um, it's all these kind of different things need to get be taken into account when you put together a conclusion. And a big part of that is where did the data come from? Mm-hmm. What's the history of the implementation? All kinds of things that can make yeah. things look different than what they are like even if you're reporting on sessions or, or page views going up and you didn't know that your agency has just got doubled their investment in, in display ads yeah. <laughs> i've seen reports that say yay all right yay oh you know our traffic's going up we're doing awesome yeah and then but but they don't have they didn't have all the information of like yeah well you are not really because you've just bought more traffic Cool. If we
0: are to kind of like uh, kind of round uh, this conversation and particularly the book off, what are kind of the things you hope that that the marketers who are now going to be reading your book is going to well, take away from it?
1: Obviously, first one is buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give Mark some money. Please. And also, if you can, like add a, add, add a, add a, add a fair review because I'm yeah. really, really, really <laughs> poor in the free front at the moment. And the, the conversion rate to reviews is really bad. Mm. Um, but then uh, someone did ask me the other day, they said, well, have you ever written a review? And I was like, oh no, I, on, I should probably start doing that. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but probably, to, I mean, to round things off, I would just say like, start having this conversation. In yeah. um, and also measurement plans are important. Just even if it's a very basic spreadsheet that says, these are the events that we've we've, we've, we've set up, these are the conversions that we've set up, um, this is when they were set up. This is when they were last tested. And this is def- definitively what we think this event or conversion means. Yeah. Even if it's just 20 rows in its in spreadsheet and then share it with everybody. That is just great. Like just at least start with that. Um, and then yeah, start having the conversation. Um, when I first started in down this route, I was account manager. I, didn't, I hadn't ever set up GA before. Um, don't be afraid to look stupid, just ask questions. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of all this is, is, is you know, marketers have to wear so many hats and have so many areas of specialization. And often I think feel like they need to believe, pretend like they know everything. And, and I just think, yeah, everything moves so quickly. It's impossible impo- to know everything anyway. So yeah, just just um, measurement plans, buy the book, put your <laughs> hand up and say, I don't understand this, you know, what? what what can we do so at least i understand this and like who who has access to google tag manager who has access to ga like how can we if it's a if it's a client and a brand how can we start owning our data because that will support your agency yeah and your own internal marketing team
0: yeah and i guess all of it is with the purpose of trying to improve your business
1: yeah yeah exactly i mean we're not doing this just to get perfect data they've got to have an output i
0: agree (laughs) and uh yeah is there any kind of one thing that they should start doing differently
1: tomorrow Uh, i mean i mean to be honest it really is a you know it's a deeper set of challenges and i'd love to be able to give you that soundbite but i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah it's different for every company there's like multiple layers in that yeah i think just start just start just start um yes. asking questions
0: uh morden he writes here that uh, remember to leave a good review for the book <laughs> thank <laughs> you the next oh book, that's
1: cool
0: jack suggests that the the next book title could be your
1: your company your company of- <laughs> oh jack i'd love to work with you i know jack he's from australia
0: ah nice cool um, mark thank you so much for for taking the time to to speak with us uh, me in particular oh it's
1: been brilliant thank you for suggesting and, uh, I've if, never people done this wanna,
0: if people want to buy the book or to get in contact with you what do they do
1: um, so it's on all it's in amazon uh pretty much all the stores um yeah. all the specific country stores um there, you might see an ad. There's also a flawed version of the book, so your data is flawed, and that was so I could get around uh, Amazon's uh, advertising rules. Mm. Um, and if you'd like to work with me, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I also have a website, which is um, mctui.com. So that's M-C-K-T-U-I dot And Tui is a very strange-looking New Zealand bird. <laughs> I was thinking
0: <laughs> where does this go? <laughs> Wonderful, Mark. Have a great day and thanks for, uh, for joining.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.